So for our listeners, uh, this is uh, it's another friend uh, that I've uh, encountered from my coaching journey. So I have Priya with me and uh, the first thought that both of us got connected to was on the sustainability as a, as a topic. And then uh, I let Sangeeta start off with her passion. Sorry, Priya start off with her uh, passion for uh, sustainability. So Priya, over to you. Great. Thank you, Sunil, for inviting me to your podcast. Um, this is a privilege to be, uh, you know, on, on this is my first time to be on a podcast. And I'm ah, glad okay. that, uh, you know, I have that opportunity to do that with you. Uh, because it's our common favorite topic on sustainability. This is one aspect of it. Right? So, um, yeah, so uh, I am a, a sustainability manager for an IT company called Autodesk. Um, I lead their initiatives for APAC. And uh, sustainability as a topic has been associated with me and my life, like since my childhood. Like, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is uh, uh, as far as I remember. Uh, You know, uh, if you recall, I used to the club. And so I was one of those uh, students in the school who who started the environment club. And oh. we used to, yeah, rallying students and people to kind of do a cleanup drive. Or uh, I used to do these at that time. Now we have Microsoft PowerPoint and presentation at that time. We used, I used to have these, uh, my dad used to enter into photography so he used to he used to create these slides and projectors right so i used to borrow those slides and show them what wildlife uh, saving or conservation is all about or show them pictures about uh, uh, you know pollution water pollution and etc so it started off that way and uh, i had my i wouldn't say i was so focused that i only wanted to do I did dabble around a little bit. I wanted to understand a bit more about what's out there for me. So I did my graduation in microbiology. I thought science was something that I'm, I'm, I'm a science nerd. I love everything around science. So I, I, I did take up microbiology. Then I realized it was too much into microscope. I need a big picture. The I moved to uh, Central University to do my the next time. And, and there's no looking back after that. Yeah, that that's interesting. So you started from school and then uh, uh, like you, you took me back to old school, saying, you know, those, those projectors and uh, those slides. Um, now, now when you present to and say a global audience, uh, do you miss that? <laughs> I do actually, you know. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the storytelling format was still in your control when you had slides, like when you just had one picture. And you had to tell a story behind it, right? It's probably the same now. I mean, with the PowerPoint, you probably have more variety that you can add. 
but then i i enjoyed the limitation of showing just single slide or a single photo but then understanding or or weaving a story around it right uh i do miss it i i i do miss that part of uh, clicking the projector and moving the slides and uh yeah and and uh the emphasis was on delivering the message right the emphasis was keeping the audience captured right and not stray them away with some gimmicks on screen but to use that to get them to engage and uh, i think that is also is what is being told now when we talk about whether powerpoint or any other any other tech solutions out there to engage the emphasis still is on how going to what is your story how you going to tell your story how you going to engage but somewhere we get drawn to the the wonders of the powerpoint or wonders of the of google and solutions and everything out there so i i love storytelling and i like plus i i i miss the old tech for sure but i i i can't complain about the new tech that's available it's making my job easier <laughs> uh, i i personally prefer to just put one slide one one particular photo and you know, basically run through that uh, not really be bothered which color it is what is that color going to signify whether the manager is going to approve or not uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yes the formatting is a big pain for sure i mean i i i wouldn't if you ask me i wouldn't want to go for presentation at all like i would i am someone who like to use the whiteboard and drawing and create those uh, you know block diagrams say hey this is what it is it's going to lead to this tell me more so i i like to have conversations with people because that that's when they open up and that's when they share uh and my my job offers me that opportunity because what i do allows me to engage with so many companies across apac uh understand the uh, and individuals and their journey in the sustainability space so working with startups who are so enthusiastic to to address a certain problem around let's say uh you know um either either in the construction space or even in the manufacturing space they want to create products which are more sustainable and when you hear them when you hear them with all that passion and enthusiasm you don't want to look at what's the background you know you don't want to look at what's behind on screen and and the same with customers who are in the who are in the established space right um they they all i feel everybody is is in the space where they know it's important they know that sustainability is so important that they have to but everybody's trying out their way to go beyond the hurdles right and find a solution so when you start talking to let's say uh, a design head of a construction company uh, who has challenge maneuvering within their own organization or a company who's looking to carbon footprint analysis and have no data available in the market for their particular thing and when they are sharing their struggle you know you you feel good you feel like um, at least i feel like i am in the right space you know 
we we might not have the the correct solution to save the world or ourselves but we are all sharing the intent to do good so that kind of gives me the fulfilling factor of um being in thing <clears throat> so interesting so what exactly do you do in your you know current role that that puts you in that uh, good space of having the intent to ourselves <laughs> now that that that's the big uh, big revelation it's not saving the world you have to save ourselves <laughs> of course the, the, the world and you are not very different davi like i mean how can you not save yourself and and just save the world right that's just so like i said i studied ecology and ecology is all about interdependency right uh, so sunil do you remember the i don't know if if you still had the same game that i used to have we used to write this on the books okay address said so we would write our address and we say okay rr nagar and then we say bangalore and then we would say bangalore west or south or whatever and then do karnataka and then and then we expand it to earth and solar system and beyond <laughs> right yeah no you don't remember you you are not from the generation <laughs> playing that game but i'm sure that there are many out there who remember that game so i i i believe that sums up our connect with the world right so our address is goes beyond what's on the postal stamp yeah uh and and my work is is to identify what's the common area that we are working with right what's 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 the uh where do our intent uh, come together so my work at autodesk autodesk is a design software company and uh, they're extremely proactive in the sustainability space they believe that um, you have an intent and you have an idea to on sustainability or, or and, and, you know whether even if it is uh, and and we have even if it is a, it could be a green building or a green product anything and we are here to help you with the solutions the digital solutions that help you achieve that right uh more than this so it is very easy to get drawn away the solutions part and sustainability as a space uh there's there's one which is solution and there's one which is mindset and personally i feel sustainability is the only space for mindset change solutions become a tool to achieve what you have right yeah. it is essential to have the solutions for sure but then uh your if your intent is strong you will have you will work with the tools to achieve that right so my work allows me to understand the mindset of the people working with some of autodesk customers working with autodesk internal organization sales customer success product support so my work allows me to engage with them uh understand their intent and interest in sustainability as a subject matter expert my work is to help them to bring up to speed on sustainability bring up to speed on autodesk point of view on sustainability and uh give them the right tools and the right platform so they build the confidence to have that conversation with the customer so 
it's a very fulfilling thing you're smiling <laughs> it's a very fulfilling thing when when i'm engaging with sales and i'm engaging with the internal employees as well as some of the customers right it gives me you, you know it earlier it used to be a rare thing to find people who who say oh i i like to talk about sustainability too it's very rare to find but now it's like you know when you see a lot of people yes i'm interested telling me that i'm interested and i've done this i've done that yeah we it's uh, we've come a long way from what sustainability was looked upon like i remember in my school i was teased uh, whenever i used to talk about waste management or so oh you might get a job in municipal corporation <laughs> i said why not it's a government job and they do they do a brilliant work at keeping our neighborhoods clean so to now where we are talking about total carbon and embodied carbon and water management and you know all those high end jargon we've come a long way uh in in putting our intent to practice so i haven't lost hope in humanity as yet <laughs> uh yeah so that that's a fantastic uh, thing so in terms of losing hope i think uh, <clears throat> i had this uh, very interesting theory that that uh, it's called theory u and it's it's also quite active on uh, a lot of uh, you know media spaces and they are saying you know the biggest uh, delta for us is that uh, question of losing hope saying everything is going haywire catastrophic systems yeah. that are you know going to sustain our hope because if you lose hope then you lose everything yeah some of my some of my the you know parents uh, and my friends and basically in that circle uh, they are like yeah why does it matter uh, you know everybody is doing it so what happens if you do something uh, it doesn't matter because you're not changing anything so yeah yeah does it does it also come to you <laughs> uh the thought that what if i don't change why do what if i don't do what i'm doing right uh i think it is not about not about being part of the group which is doing it i think it is for me it is more of an internal call right uh it's about getting a good night sleep and if i so i ask myself if i don't do this will i be able to sleep properly at night right <laughs> so um it's it's just that it's just that i and and i've never felt like i said like i i dabbled around a bit i um i did study microbiology even in ecology when i was studying all about conservation and wildlife it didn't resonate with me as much as uh urban systems and urban ecology resonated because that's where i grew up that's i i know how systems crumble around me and i know how i live uh, is going to impact impact uh, uh, you know my rural counterpart right so uh it it does so it 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 does matter to me when i when mm, about what i do and even for this matter right like a simple thing uh the cleaning of the milk packets <laughs> mm-hmm. 
you know i don't cut the last bit of the packet i only half cut the packet and i pour the milk and i have to wash the milk packet because otherwise it doesn't get recycled for that matter even your dosa batter packets and so does it matter if like there are so many others who are not cleaning it and it's anyway going to go into the landfill the fact that mine also went into landfill is more scary for me than i am part of the many who is anyway doing that part right so um and also uh, there's something really nice that i read the other day so it's is doing rounds on on social media it's it's just one straw in the ocean right and then the next line says set the billion people right so if it's just it's just one straw that i threw but then this is a whole lot of billion people who are doing the same so you're not looking around you if they are doing the same would you do the same you won't <laughs> yeah so you know, I, i this is the same uh, this thing for uh, you know plastic bottles so yeah one plastic bottle said you know billion people yeah it's it's uh, it's a tough journey in in a space where you know you you know you're doing it because you want to do it and then it matters yeah. to you but then you see still uh, not everybody sticking to it or not doing it so it is a real uh, rough journey and yeah it, it's good that some of us uh, still have hope because if we leave uh, then there is <laughs> uh, exactly uh, nobody exactly. else to carry it exactly so uh you know this part about uh, <clears throat> sometimes it is it is it is uh, burdensome it you know you sometimes you'll be the only person screaming and telling and talking about it is like how important it is to do it and why you need to do it like even for rainwater harvesting right the reason why people are doing it is because the pain of paying a tanker every summer and not knowing where the water is coming is carrying them so hence they are looking at rainwater but what happens with the waste is you know someone is we are paying someone to take it away from our house which is out of sight right so we don't see the pain but the minute that the week they don't come you when you start feeling the stench and then you start getting scared we need to do something about it right yeah so um so my hope is and that at some point these activities for for people who are not doing what they have to do whether it's individuals or it's in somewhere it will pinch them and that pinch is good <laughs> and i would like them to feel that pinch a little bit more so that will help them to take the next step yeah so i think the pinch is already being felt uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it is already being felt and uh, yeah, like i said uh, you know out of sight is out of mind so for me the first biggest realization of the humongous waste we create was when uh, i'd been to a waste processing plant mm it was a uh, like it was like now how, how bangalore is full of apartments and like mm. in what yeah. you have 20 apartments that is out 20 mounds of plastic waste you know un- unsecured yeah. waste was there so that was say way back in when i was school when i was in school segregation was not so much of a thing back then yeah and then um, it also went to a, a 
sewage water treatment plant and then that that experience was uh, enough for me to say okay you know we need to conserve a lot of things and i said uh, some of the amusement parks use recycled water from this place <laughs> so a lot of us had decided oh no we are not going to the park after that so <laughs> well you you picked up a topic which is very close to my heart water and and uh, so i um so i i have my specialization in urban water management and and when you talked about uh, the going visiting to a wastewater and i did that in my part of my master thesis i visited some of the etps which is effluent treatment plants which are usually okay. found in industries and also stps i'm telling you it is it is um very difficult for and to come back home and eat properly after that right <laughs> imagine these people who are out there doing the work right and and i'm thankful that there are technologies which are which are helping us to clean the water and and recycle and reuse it and um like for instance city like singapore is is recycling to a level where it is portable you can drink it and that's where i trust the technology so much it's like it's okay you can absolutely rely on them because they've done the job they're doing the job for us so but again that's where the mindset comes in right oh my god it's recycled what is going to happen even for that matter the recycled scp water or or the gray water in in your apartments can be used for your flush tank right but people are like oh my god why do i need to use a recycled water it's going to smell it's going to stink it's going to do it's going to be a big headache to use well you're going to save 10 liters 25 liters you know of water 60 liters per household so that's a and cumulatively if you look at a number that's a lot of it's a lot that you can save so yeah so yeah, that that puts puts me saying uh, some of us uh, you know like generally i've i've had a uh, say not not the best of uh, opinions or not the best of uh, say debates with people who come on saying uh, since i have not used i have saved for me i am still at a hook they're saying you know like uh, if it, it, it's not something great that you're doing so specifically when i come to you know big companies like on their carbon neutrality and all of that so like there's this continue to do emissions and then you know uh, this 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 uh, greenwashing uh, that happens and oh we've planted 25000 trees uh, and that's like i i use the word murder neutral by mm-hmm. 20000 people in another country and then you know basically providing for uh, a daily food for another 20000 in some other country wherein for you to spend that uh, is literally cheaper it's is the cheapest yeah. so how can you be uh, how can you say that i have saved so many liters of water or i have saved so many emissions it it's it's a gray area so <laughs> you said gray it, water well the thing is there is there are uh, there are policy provisions that help you do that to offset right you can own but but the thing is you can only offset after you do your bit of reduct reducing right like it's a, it it can't be an easy way out that okay since i am i am uh, uh, for instance there's this whole thing about sustainable forestry right 
every tree they cut, they plant four saplings. So there is the the dependency on the wood is is there across the world. So in some countries, it's more. So they they go by a process where it's uh it's uh, they go by a, a process where they you know where they have to cut a certain amount of wood and they are planting a certain amount. So similarly with fisheries, right? You are regulating your your harvesting fishing in such a manner that you don't harvest more than what is required. And you and our traditional practices they used to do that. They used to only fish when when at a certain periods of the season, a certain periods of the um, the month, and not on the other times. And they knew why, and they used to follow that. But uh, we somehow lost that knowledge of of how things work. And and to an extent, I will blame the technology because we it it gave us the sudden boost of oh we can do it all the time, oh we can do it more because we want to grow, we want to build, we want to develop and evolve, and so that's where we lost sight of of um, where we need to be, right? Um, and to your point about greenwashing, it is it is pretty much there. Uh, um, I'm not saying it is a universal thing. Like I'm not saying that everybody does it, but I'm saying that there are uh, there are organizations who talk more and do less, but there are also organizations who do more and do not talk at all, right? Uh, I think we need to have and 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 we. We need to learn from each other. I mean, like, I would like to personally want to know, like, to hold an organization or an individual who's talking about sustainability so much, then I would like to use it against them. Like, saying, oh, you spoke so much, then, you know, what, does, what is stopping you from doing it? Right? <laughs> Similarly, like, in a certain, certain difficult questions we ask in coaching, is like, okay, so what is stopping you from doing it? Right? <laughs> <laughs> So um, there are there are organizations who use sustainability as a marketing thing. There are organizations, but who are uh, who are doing their bit, or in fact, more than what they can do to achieve the sustainability outcome. Uh, ideally, offsetting can only happen only when you're doing your bit. First, check about. How much are you reducing? How much can you recycle? How much can you reuse? And what's left can you offset? Right? It's definitely I I agree with you on the part that uh, you cut a few trees and feed a few. It's not an equation. It's an imbalanced, unbalanced equation, right? It's it doesn't it doesn't the the RHS doesn't match with the LHS. Yeah. <laughs> So I I know so you're um uh, you know a full full fledged uh, math nerd or you know like science nerd not math <laughs> science nerd RHS is equal to LHS so the next thing was a hence proved I think that hence that, proved <laughs> that yeah. Was <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I do see a lot of organizations that are doing, but then they're not showing off, and you know they they're doing it. There are organizations that don't do anything, but then you know their their media pages are filled with uh, so much of uh, yeah wow content. So I think it's more of also our uh, attention span. Um, you know, people who've done uh, plantations, who built forests, 
So you don't really look at this if if there is no jazz in the story. I think we're not really seeing it. Um, so true. Hammer so to sustainability. Yeah. So there's there's another angle to it, right? Of course, all that media wants is they think, or or even all the people want. I wouldn't just put it on the media alone. They want a success story, and they want a quick success. Like, you know. or oh, somebody's created this product we found a solution for air pollution or vehicular pollution like what about adoption what about economic cost benefit analysis what about who's going to produce it manufacture it what is your go to market strategy like that guy has to live the one who designed it probably has to survive too right so there are so many as so aspects to it that we we don't we we don't have the patience to wait for it to fructify right to realize it in the market and like i said we all want the messiahs and the heroes who are for lifting the world up but we don't want to know how it is being done we don't want to talk about the challenges that it we don't want to know what's the collective responsibility to make it happen right like like you said uh it's the same way when um and uh then there is other part to it which is which is about um the wow factor right the wow factor everybody wants something new everybody wants something that they have never seen like if i tell them oh, rainwater harvesting is good oh but madam everybody is talking about rainwater harvesting there's nothing new to it But these people have done it in a very nice way. They are reusing it and they are recycling. That's an old story, madam. It's not going to impress them. Why not? Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I, I, so there's the there's also the the I want to connect it back to the hope part that you said, right? Like some of us are still holding on to hope. and i strongly believe that every small story success story irrespective of the wow factor or non wow factor has to be told has to be shared because uh there're not enough good stories out there there's not enough repeat repetitions of good story right and i strongly believe from a very very philosophical and spiritual angle that um we should never hesitate to share our success we should never hesitate to share our good story ours or anyone else and keep repeating it till it hits our uh, mindset right yeah i think repetition uh, does does help so uh, and generally uh, hope is uh, hope is the only thing left right now hope and action and uh, i i do see a lot of people doing it uh, some in their say small capacities and i think it it's very important to share stories of people uh, doing it and then even maybe not perfectly there is a lot of perfection that's associated with doing things i think that's also a case so i've been i've been fashioning uh, you know this this uh, coconut shells into uh, right uh, holders of your soap holder your soap or your normal mug so you can use it and yeah yeah so i i wanted to share that to more and more people saying you know this is a sasta way of you have a coconut you that works so even if it works for you for 3 months yeah 
still 3 months of uh, same thing and then another 3 months you could use another coconut shell so you just have yeah. to wipe it off use it yeah. to paint or whatever whatever and the first thing that people ask me is like that looks you know that looks it's not cut proper it's not half and half how can you expect people to take it and use it so this uh, glamorization of something that's uh, you know to be sustainable or to be used is also something that's uh, our own mindset problem yeah it is okay so if it is if it is not glamorous i would i would actually bring in the economic part of it here right there are so many small scale cottage industries and small scale individuals uh, i mean uh, companies who are doing this um waste to wealth projects right we are we do not find them in fancy malls but we do find them in your local local markets in chitrakala parishad artisan uh you know exhibitions or something so you can always go there and pick it up instead of just admiring it there right so you're 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 putting the money into the green economy again so you might not like how you cut the coconut and reuse it but you can always inspire or or, or encourage someone who's who's making it more refined for you right buy it it's good to put the money into the green business we need more of that to happen right um yeah they, it it's uh, it's it is it is there it is definitely there we want to we want it to be more refined we want it to look very manicured we want it to look very presentable but it's in our bathroom so it doesn't matter actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um yeah so like now that you said artisans and all of that so you also did mention the traditional practices that we had that uh, you know was was you know sustainable and the indian dugad is uh, you know the is is world famous so you know we we are somebody who remodel things reuse things and restructure things to get things moving yeah <clears throat> right from our childhood i think both you and me like our generations have been used to you know reuse certain things yeah something yeah whatever is coming now is that uh, you know it's a use and throw mindset so i am done yeah. with it. that's the end of it um, And... yeah it it's more lucrative like for instance uh, i i i broke my my monitor screen the other day uh, <laughs> and yeah i know my bad but so i i checked if i can replace the panel and then it says madam you can get a a new Your laptop with it yeah <laughs> i don't want it i i want to replace because i like you know i like that the screen is big and i'm i'm i i might want to i don't mind spending the same amount to get the panel but i want the machine the same machine in my house so <laughs> and we don't we don't question ourselves if that is what we want like we immediately get into the cost benefit analysis and say oh this is cheaper right and you know why why can't we I, i think before we get into the competitive analysis we should ask okay what is it that i really want what is the overall thing where is where is this machine is going to go when i when i like i like it bothers me if there's a machine that's broken down even a small thing i don't like to throw it in the dry waste so traditional practices that we had since our time was there was a raddi guy used to come home 
he used to buy metals he used to buy plastic and newspaper and glass right that is a system that is still relevant in indian scenarios right uh so and we used to get money for it yeah it was so good right we never used to throw once in a week driveways people coming and throw the stuff in a way we used to sort it out my mother clearly used to sort the glass bottles the the pickle bottles and the jardies aside broken and and we when the guy comes we used to sell it to him he used to give us money or we used to get some new vessel for it we used to have yeah. <clears throat> so when this start one of the things for 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 the sustainability professionals to also to be blamed is when this whole concept came from waste to wealth you know the minute the concept comes you it's a, such a linear motion then the technology comes then then the product comes everything goes in as a new product dump in the market we i think there is a need to assess um how does it how does the technology or the concept fit into your traditional system and that is important for adoption like when i am when you and me are buying something we want to see if it fits our lifestyles or not right yeah similarly in the market uh yeah have you read the book small is beautiful or small is possible uh, yeah so um it's it's a it's it's a uh it's a book by ef schumacher right and mm-hmm. uh these both the books uh and uh you know in in he talks about how essential the technology fit into the market or for me i would extend it to even concepts right should be such that the way we pick our shoes it should fit your feet not your feet fitting the shoe right <laughs> so uh when when so for for this radhi system is one such example where i think we kind of uh, not give them enough attention that particular ecosystem can be strengthened to align it to the larger concepts or larger initiatives around recycles and re- uh but we believe the economy can only grow when when a high level entrepreneur comes in with a bank funding or a bilateral funding coming in and that's how we do not see these set of people who been running the system for the country all along right making them more inclusive into your economic machine is what going to help us adopt the sustainability practices better yeah uh, like so many things like uh, for example you know i was wearing uh, the dresses that my elder brother was wearing and then my dresses were then passed on to somebody else thought passed on from one place to another Uh, yes we had books literally like you know 10 10 generations old you know 10 10 years old books still accessible and uh, giving it so remember from my school every year they used to give us an atlas as if the map changed every year i know <laughs> every year they used to give an atlas and i know for sure there are 600 kids with me who went to to the same school never yeah. 600 atlases so 6000 atlases like over a period of 10 years yes 
Yes. The map didn't change. <laughs> Nothing has changed. It's the same book. It's the same book that continues. It's the same book that is, uh, and yeah, we 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 don't think like. Uh, I remember my my childhood. My story books used to come from a secondhand bookstores on Sun in the Sunday market. It was, it was one of my best memories. I used to go with my chikappa to this particular place in Hyderabad, and we used to. We used to just walk down the road along the footpath. We used to find these amazing books, my Tinkle or or even uh, you know the uh, Phantom comics or uh, oh. <laughs> all of them were were hand bound books. Like I used to pick one one one, and I used to put the old books uh, cardboard onto it, and then I used to stitch it up. Right? Uh, I don't see that. I so. Even now, I'm going and buying books, but I think the pleasure of holding some a pre-owned book, someone has written some notes on it. It's it's so amazing, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, like the joy with regards to reading uh, is also something that that that's also dwindling. So it also needs hope, just like how sustainability. I know. Uh, joy of reading is also something that's dwindling. And yeah, now that you got the whole topic of childhood, so my podcast is not complete without a childhood story. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> so, what are some of your, uh, you know, uh, big adventures uh, growing up? <laughs> oh, they were. Uh, hmm. Uh, so, um. I mean, I, I, I think as far as childhood is concerned, it's, we, I've had, uh, I've had a very fulfilling one. I've got two siblings, three siblings, in fact, two sisters, so three girls, household, and my father never raised us like girls, girls. You need to behave this way, to behave that way. So, our Sundays used to be um, on my father's bike to some trek up explore your neighborhood and at that point you know hyderabad that's where i come from had certain areas which were still not constructed so we could climb up the hill uh we could we could walk down the road walk down the neighborhood or go to a nearby park and spend the entire day sunday just doing nothing you know how guilt free that experience was for me like not doing anything, not worrying about next day school, not doing it. It's just spending time, uh, you know, knowing your neighborhood. And and me and my sisters used to collect these pebbles or or some trinkets, and used to come and 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 like think that we are on an adventure or something. We identified some treasure. So one of my best memories from childhood is how I used to spend my Sundays with my sisters and my my father. That was the day that my father used to dedicate his entire day with us. We used to spend the day in the park. We used to uh, used to go for boating. Uh, we used to just just chill for the whole day and used to come back home in the evening tired. Right? Uh, it's one of my one of my best. Best memories, of course. <laughs> yeah, so 
like that was an age where you know i think uh, no tv was involved no mobile phones were involved no video games were involved exactly i wonder today i wonder what was <laughs> i remember this okay so a couple of years ago uh me and my family we visited my sister in andaman so my my sister and my brother in law settled in fort blair um so my brother in law is in a you know he he is also into that exploring new place so he found this one particular island called long island at fort blair and um it's supposed to be secluded from all the other uh commercial places the way we went was we went uh we 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 missed the ferry to that island so we had to take the road so which means we went in a bus we went into a ferry then then we stayed overnight at a certain place in andaman and then we went back on a ferry to reach that long island and that is a secluded island mind you they just like one school and maybe less than 100 households there is no mobile connectivity there <laughs> and i was like this was a whole beach to ourselves and we were just sitting there wondering what if something happened what's happening in the outside world what is that we don't know what's going on but it it was uh, it was amazing to not to feel connected to the phones um, completely out of the grid but still connected with people <clears throat> yeah with the people who matter yeah <laughs> and that that i think is a is is the most uh, amazing gift right so you you want to connect with people and people that you call your own so you hardly find time nowadays uh, to even have a you know normal conversation and the elders uh, you know their their generation is moving uh, yeah. slowly yeah. you know wickets are falling and then the, the entire story of you know hundreds of years of evolution is is completely going with them and yeah here we are left with uh, you know our stories what did you do today you know, i was i was working for 20 hours in the office <laughs> how bad floods is in india so how how bad floods is in bangalore i was swimming from home so our adventures are going to be totally different um, say correct 20 years yeah now, now that you put it that way yes i mean uh, at some point in my life when i become a grandma i don't know what kind of stories will i tell tell my grandchildren right yeah. like i love my story story that i my grandmother used to tell me that they used to like you know very simple stories of how they used to spend time in the village or or the farming or just doing nothing on the days and they were comfortable with it i hope we don't pass on the restlessness to the future generations you know yeah i think we've already passed it on that that's why uh, you know our attention spans are really really less kids nowadays you know the i think like the attention to uh, what what's being shared is all like kids know attention in lkg like what will you teach them in in first standard second standard they exactly that's a good point what you brought sunil the 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 hurry to know everything today now so i always wonder if you want to know everything today what you what are you going to do next like like you know why don't you pace it out it's okay yeah. to just learn a b c d today you don't need to build a robot out of it right uh, so it is like like we moved out of the sustainability space but i really like the this thing so like adji stories and tata stories were like you know so so fantastic like oh we, we were going like they had like hundreds of cousins they remembered every cousin's name 
yeah. still I don't know how many cousins you know and who's who's married to whom who's the kid where are they Correct. but my granny knew everybody they had the time and they had the intent to be connected right so again there's a, such a sustainability angle to it right they 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 and and literally right like the way we were raised i don't remember how much time my mother spent with me but i remember how much time my aunt spent with me my chikkappa spent with me my grandparents spent with me so when they say it takes a village to raise a kid it's true so the question is uh are we are we creating that village today in our households in our neighborhoods that would be safe for our kids to grow in a right manner right the right story the right uh, yeah. fun <clears throat> the right fun the right stories and i don't remember like you said like having anything fancy so we had no video games we had nothing we had maximum we had a cricket ball and a cricket bat and that too it was so difficult to actually buy a bat buy a ball so if a ball yes. goes off somewhere it was like like a venture to find it yeah i know yeah so like we 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 had first surgical strikes you know we like if it goes to somebody's house and there is this hitlerish aunties and uncles just to do a real surgical strike as to how not to wake them up and then get get the ball out of their uh, exactly or if you like... broke a someone's window that's it you know <laughs> you know how quickly you can disappear like Oh uh, yes yeah and then they used to be like we know you are the ones who play in our road apa other than you who is going to break <laughs> what what did you gain by going out so we had actually broken somebody's window and they actually knocked on our door and said uh, sunil you are the one who broke that how did you know <laughs> i know <laughs> 15 minutes before you are the one who, who was playing there we know <laughs> we've been in this household for you know we've been in this area for 20 years i know who you are <laughs> so True. comes and plays in this place <laughs> so yeah and i think our roots are very important like even in a sustainability level so our roots are very important so yeah. at uh, our own like i don't know any household that still uses the traditional you know the filter kamba uh, with regards to water filtering everybody is an rov like so many such things well sunil the thing is the water quality our sources are also changing that way right so uh, it's 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 not the same like like i remember this you know when i used to uh, earlier when when people used to like in andhra they have that you know like like how we have in kaveri we so proud of being nurtured by kaveri water right it's the same with in andhra with this oh they are the krishna water drinkers they are godavari water mm-hmm. drinkers but right now we are all tap water drinkers right <laughs> our connect with our sources of water has changed so much so we don't know what's happening there but we are happy that there is an ro that will give us safe water right so certain traditional systems have to be evolved like i i would still take from the ro water but i'll still drink it in a copper you know thing uh earlier they used to have copper glasses they used to store it in nice steel not plastic but in steel vessels or copper vessels or even in summer the the mud pot i love the water from it is something yeah. very earthy about it right i still have that in my house right 
we don't put water in the fridge the fridge is for all the other vegetables <laughs> but uh, yeah some of these i think it it you're right the roots have to be valued but also like i think uh we also have to adapt to the changing times so i wouldn't let go of my roots completely or the traditional systems completely but i will see how it can be how it can evolve or best fit to my current situation right and i i don't think it's it's non doable it's pretty much doable right it's just a matter of uh, yeah uh, your intent your mindset what do you want to, how do you want to go about it mm, absolutely so you know, traditions and uh, technology coming into one place yes <laughs> all under the umbrella of sustainability yeah yeah sustainability is so huge uh, that you know anything and everything can be fit in that umbrella so yeah 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 including your uh, including our grandmothers uh, musranna in the morning from the leftover rice from the night <laughs> right i would love that even summers were the best right you would you would get up in and get up in the morning and then you have what's for breakfast is last night's musranna with a dash of tadka to it <laughs> yeah so some afgai or some some upinkai coming into place and that's yeah. that still done no like no questions asked <laughs> absolutely <clears throat> yeah the food food the conversations cannot be complete without food yeah 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 food food is always uh, you know always on my mind always on you know everybody's <laughs> mind <laughs> and food wise also i think we are so so very sustainable at in many places but now it's a changing tradition so we yeah yeah but now it's a changing tradition so that's an entire topic over the evening coffee sunil like how our <laughs> systems have changed and evolved and how are we going back to what it was like suddenly the pad of millet right suddenly rice is a bad guy in your plate <laughs> in the village why could why should it be a bad it why should it be bad or why is it a villain in our plate i mean yeah there that that's an entire conversation in itself like how how it is evolved why did we stray what is what are we coming back to you know what actually it is the reviving of the traditional food systems is what is giving me that we can still salvage our our present future and everything around sustainability because <laughs> you know yeah it it yeah it, it we we how much whatever keto diet and uh, uh, thing that we do or any other diet path come the only thing that will give us pleasure and satisfaction is mosran night night <laughs> I'm a typical South Indian for that matter, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or Anna Saru that will after a long day. You don't want any thing else, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Humble Mosran and Anna Saru is going to beat pizza, pasta, you know, cakes. Everything, uh, even the green salad for that matter. I'm not going to go <laughs> and pick a bowl of salad if I'm like really oh, having yeah. a bad day. yeah yeah i i know like for me like i've been growing up in in a phase where a food at home has been so good that whenever i go to another restaurant and then like 
Uh, so Priya, so any any closing thoughts with regards at least to the podcast? We can continue conversation after that. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, no, I think we we've uh, we've had a really good conversation on topics that 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 are pretty close to my heart, right? Um, and yeah, like like the um. yeah like writing that the sustainability thing is is goes beyond the the scientific uh angle to it but it goes much deeper into our our roots of how we grew up our our families our traditional systems our neighborhoods and everything so um yeah i think as long as we keep that alive in us right sunil there's hope faith and everything everything uh, to the work like i don't think i'll ever give up faith or hope in humanity ever there is this i've just lowered my expectations on people on what they deliver uh but it's for own good I've, and also there's a i've been mindful of the fact that everybody has their own evolutionary path right it's a matter of having patience to wait for them to realize so yeah i i i believe in people i believe that the, the world can take care of itself for sure but i think i'm i'm more bothered about we taking care of ourselves so um yeah yeah good luck to everyone and uh, who's who's sharing our sentiment and our thoughts and uh, hopefully we will connect over over the years or till sometime yes so what's meant to be is meant to be <clears throat> correct absolutely so thank you thank you priya so thank you for coming on your first podcast uh, there is there is a lot more to talk i think we can switch off the recording and then continue of course of course yes let's do that thank yes. you so much for inviting me to your podcast and uh, making my first podcast happen sunil absolutely so first coaching hour then first coaching podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes yes